Welcome to the Coming Out of the Dark Bible Study with Pastor John. Tonight's study will be in the book of Philemon. We invite you to join us at 514 Smithfield Avenue in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. song that is keep me in the moment because I don't want to miss what you have for me amen. amen and he's got a lot for each and every one of us amen believe me the world doesn't get in the way we get in the way of what he wants to do for us and give us amen keep me in the moment all right, how's everybody doing tonight, all right? It's good to see everybody. Very good now, right? I'm just so grateful that we have a place to come and learn about our Creator, amen? Amen. Yeah. There's always a sense of safety and peace when we gather together as a family. We're all on the same page, walking with the Lord, wanting to learn more and more about Him and become more and more like Him, amen? amen. Thought, word, and deed. And that's a process. That's for sure. All right, let us go to Psalm 16. Mary's put up on the board over there. 
I'm gonna get started. Maybe finish our study in Philemon tonight. A lot of stuff in there. All right. All right. The spirit's taking over now. Now's the time to just relax, enjoy, be comfortable. Open your Bible. Let the Spirit speak to your heart tonight. Amen. Okay. I'm just a. I'm just a. The vessel he's using. Go to verse five. <laughs> you already know, Mary. Come on. I'm gonna get a bigger blackboard. All right. Psalm 16, verse 5. Everybody got their Bible open and ready to go? Ready. All right. Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You God, all that is mine. The land you have given me is a pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance. Now, back in the Old Testament, it was the promised land, literally. Now, for us, the promised land is a state of mind, of peace and rest. And all the fruits of the Holy Spirit manifest in the believer's heart. And he says, look what it says. You God all that is mine. That is ours in Christ Jesus. And he guards it for us. Look, the land you have given me is a pleasant land. He wants to give us that state of mind. No matter what's going on in your life, you can rest and assured in peace and, and comfort in the Lord, in the Word of God. Now, look what it says. What a wonderful inheritance. We inherited the promised land. We inherited eternal life. Heaven is our home. But we also have a state of mind of peace now that we inherited in the Spirit. Can I get an amen for that? We can enjoy some of that now if we only submit to His will and accept His will for our lives. Now look what it says in verse 7. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Listen to this. He's saying, I will bless the Lord. That would be a great prayer, right? Lord, I want to bless you, Lord, who guides me. Look, even at night my heart instructs me. Right? He speaks to our heart. Mm -hmm. I know the Lord is always with me. Do you know that? Listen, this is what growing up as a believer is. <laughs> Knowing that the Lord is always with you. In the good times, in the bad times, in the trials, in the misfortunes, in the sadness, the Lord is always with us. Amen? Amen? You may feel like He's not, but the Lord goes past our feelings. Amen. It is the facts of the Word of God is what we go rely on now. Not our emotions that are very unreliable. Because that's how you end up getting depressed and lonely, and you don't sense God in your life, because you're not believing what the Bible says, you're going believing what you're feeling. Yeah. Feelings are very unreliable. The truth of the Bible is what we believe, not what we feel. Amen. I will walk by faith, not by sight, Amen. or by emotions. Now look what it says. Verse 8, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. What is that I won't be shaken? I won't fall apart all the time. There's a problem. Well, something's not going my way. I will not be shaken. I will not get depressed. I will not get filled with fear and anxiety. Because I know the Lord is right beside me. See, when you develop a personal relationship with Jesus, and you get strong in the faith, and you glorify Him, and you learn about Him, and actually apply this, He gets so close to you, you can sense Him right next to you. Can I get an amen for that? Yeah. That's what growing in grace and mercy is. Sensing Jesus right on the side of you. And also sensing the devil's on the side of you too. Yeah. He's not far. Just don't look back. Something's going to gain on you. Remember Lot and his wife? Don't turn, don't turn back. Turn into a pillar of salt. Listen, the devil's always chasing us. We gotta chase after who? Jesus. It's always a choice. Now look what it says. Now, for he's right beside me. Now look at verse 9. Knowing that, no wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. My body rests in safety, for you will not leave my soul among the dead which is 
the spiritual, spiritually dead. Okay? There's people out there that are spiritually dead. He doesn't leave us like that. Look. Or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You know, you can still be dead, be alive though, the Bible says. Walking spiritually dead. Walking in this life without a purpose. Just existing. That's how we're born. We're born spiritually dead in Adam. Right? I was a dead man walking. Now look at it says. You will show me the way of life. How is he going to show us the way of life if we are not learning his principles of the Bible? He's trying to show us. But not only is he trying to show us, first you have to understand what he's trying to show us, and then you have to apply it and let it develop into your life. Let it become a habit of your very existence because we, we're, our habits are, are gained from the world. As we grow into the world system, all the thought patterns are thought out from the world. We have to unlearn them and put these in here now. And that's a process. And the amount of time you spend on it is the amount of freedom you're going to get. Amen. And you have to ask for an amen on that one. <laughs> See, God does for us what we can't do for ourselves, like save us and get us to heaven. But he doesn't do for us what we can, like learn his word and apply his principles to our lives. He doesn't force his will on us. We have to what? Choose it. But he says, I give you that, and I'll let you do it. If you, if you, if you what? Trust me. Right? Belief, first you have to believe, then, it, then your faith has to become, turn into a trust. See, belief is a, a trust is a mature belief. You actually believe, you actually trust what you're believing. Right. I used the analogy before. There's a, there's a guy walking across Niagara Falls on a high wire in a wheelbarrow. And you see him going across. Right? Do you believe he went, can do it? You, can, you believe it because you saw him do it, right? Okay. Now the next step is get in it and let him take you across. Do you trust him? to take you cross now. You believe you can do it, but you don't trust them. Same thing with God. It's the same principle. You believe everything he says, but you don't trust him. That's why we still revert back to our old ways again. That's how you have to understand when I'm reverting back to my old ways, it's just a lack of trust that has to be developed as I submit to his will and let him come through for me as I submit. Amen? And he always does. Look at you. All these look pretty good to me. You're getting through this world pretty good. All your needs are met, right? We, look, we always want more. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. We always want more, or we always put unrealistic expectations on our walk. Yeah. Thinking because we come to church and read our Bible that things are going to get easier. They are if you let, it, if you let the Spirit take over your mind. Right. It will be an easier dream, but life out there is not going to get any easier. He's just going to give you the ability to handle it. The better life is coming, though. Amen. Okay, you have to understand that we're on. This is just we're just passing through. Amen. Eternal. We're going to be home with Him. Never. No more aches. No more sadness. No more sin nature. Fight with. No more sickness. That's coming. That's what you hope for when things are rough down here. Say, thank God, it's only for a season. There's a better season ahead. Just as sure as the seasons come in, in here, like we know that winter's coming, you can rest assured that whatever season you're in is going to pass into another, a better season. Amen? Okay. As you know that. Now look what it says. Verse 11. You will show me the way of life. Grant to me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Do you realize not only are you going to live with him up there forever, you can live with him down here. Always sensing him as long as you're down here forever. Since you become a believer, till you go home with him, you can sense him with you, the pleasures of living with him forever. He's, possess he's giving you the ability to do that. What gets in the way? We do. The flesh. The sin nature. But, I believe what that says. The Lord is always with me. It gives me a sense of comfort. When 
See, this, this, country's, this country's in chaos right now. Who knows what's going on? Listen, I can't. I'm not going to trust that. I'm going to trust what the Word of God says. It's going to get even darker. But guess what? Even though it's going to get darker here, my heart is getting lighter. Because I'm getting the light of life. The Word of God is getting in my heart and not that. I'm not letting that control me. I'm letting this control me. What's to come? As a matter of fact, knowing that these days are getting shorter, that means the closer he is to coming back and taking us out of here. So I can rejoice in that. Amen? Amen. Although he says you've got to suffer for a little while. A little while. We make mountains out of molehills. We think when we suffer, it like never ends. Oh my goodness. Oh my we're such, we're such like babies when we've got to suffer a little bit, right? Why am I going to go through all this? He's saying because... I'm trying to make you submit. I'm trying to change you through it. I'm trying to let you tap out and trust me instead of you trying to do it. Simple. The Bible's real simple, you know. Trust me. I'll take you through. That's it. Imagine. Trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. <laughs> That's simple. But boy, we make it hard, don't we? All right, there's a couple things. We're going to go to the book of um, Philemon. Now, we studied, we got into it last week. Um, there's a couple of scriptures that I want to share with you before we go there that God wrote in my heart to share with you. And it's about being forgiving, okay? The whole book of Philemon is about forgiving, okay? Just as God through Christ has forgiven us. And he says, I want you to forgive. Go with me before you go there to Ephesians 4. God, when he, when he writes on my heart to share some scriptures, I say, you know what? That really wasn't in the plan. He says, that's all right, because I make the plans, not you. Amen. And he puts it in my head to go to set. says, no, I want you to tell him this. Okay? That's the night. You know what I do? Your will be done. Because I know when the scriptures come into mind, that's from God. Amen. The devil isn't filling me with scriptures, that's for sure. That's a fact, right? He's filling me with what? Distractions. And flesh. All right. Ephesians 4, verse 29. Is everybody there? Listen. Okay. Verse 29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Remember last week we talked about Philemon and how Paul was telling him, he was commending him how he was an encourager. He always encouraged the people. Well, that's what we're to do. Those principles are for us. The words you speak of either life or death. You know that, right? Look what it says. Will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Now, verse 30. And don't bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. So actually, he's telling us to live a certain way so we don't bring sorrow to his spirit. Does he kick us out of heaven? No. We don't want to grieve the spirit, though, because he loves us. Now look what it says. Remember, he has identified you as his own. Right? You have a new identity. Or has put his seal on you. Guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Now you know a seal is from a king's ring in the Old Testament. When he seals it, it cannot be revoked. He cannot take it back. As a matter of fact, remember what happened to John the Baptist, right? The king, he made a, he made a, a promise and he had to keep it. And he didn't wish he couldn't, but he had to do it. Because that was there, they, had, they couldn't back off on it. 
A lot of things that you read the Old Testament, we're sealed. Let me tell you something. You believe in Jesus, you're going to heaven. I don't care what the devil tries to throw at you. Can I get an amen for that? You're sealed. You're sealed. You get that stamp, and that's it. But now the work begins down here of becoming like Christ. Why? The very reason why he saved you. Okay? Don't realize, you have to realize you saved you for a reason. He saved you so you can now become a servant of him instead of yourself. He took you from selfish death to selfless life. That's what he did. Now, whether you want to do it is up to you. But in order to have joy in the Christian walk, you have to submit to his will and obey it. If you don't, you'll be miserable here. And you see a lot of miserable Christians here, and they don't really understand why. It's because you're not doing God's will. You're doing your will. Your will in the spirit life will make you miserable. Now look what it says. Verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness. This, this is rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead of that, instead of that, remember that. That's your this is this is that's you and Adam, by the way. He's saying, instead of that, be kind to each other. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another. Just as God, through Christ, forgave you. He was hitting me with that scripture since I woke up this morning. And I'm saying, there's another one coming, too. He's saying, no, you let them know. They have to replace their life with my life. And that's my life. Kind to each other. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another. Just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. And that doesn't have conditions on it. You ought to forgive everybody. Just as Christ has forgiven you. Of everything. He doesn't even keep an account of it. It's gone. Now, the question is to you, are you forgetting the past? Or are you still holding on to unforgiveness and bitterness and anger and rage? Even if you think that you let go of it, if, you're still show, if it's still showing up, that means you haven't let go of it. You have to dig to get it up. It's still there. Whatever, whatever is in your heart will come out eventually. In, in an act of what? Bitterness, rage, slander. Whenever you slander somebody, that's to make yourself feel better. By making someone else look, making somebody else look bad. Mm. So there's an issue there. It's a hot condition. Mm. One more scripture. That's a pretty convict, convicting scripture, there, isn't it? He told me to tell you it. So hey, listen, take it up with him. <laughs> Don't take it up with the messenger. <laughs> Colossians three now ten. Look, I can't. I, I got to listen to what he tells me. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? I have to answer to him. So if I, if I was put here to please people, I couldn't be a servant of God. So sometimes the message ain't going to please you. And you know what I say? Either you're going to love me or hate me. Right? But it ain't me, it's God. Those are God's words, not mine. So if you're hating the words, that means you're hating God. Because he's just working through me. <laughs> I decided to stay home and let God take over. Colossians 3, verse 10. Now, this principle of the old nature and the new nature, he's telling us very simply in Colossians 3, chapter, verse 10, to put on your new nature. When you get up in the morning, you have to put your clothes on. Correct? When you get up every day, you have to put this on. Everything you're learning in the Bible has to be put on. You have to put this on every morning. Or else you're going to walk outside naked. 
spiritually naked, that is. You'll be void of the spirit if you don't choose to do that. Don't think it doesn't happen by osmosis. You have to choose to put your new nature on. Because you're stuck with your old nature too. Until the day of redemption. So it's a choice. Can I get an amen for that? Thank God that he gives us a choice. Now if you make the wrong one, that's okay. But just always remember there's a consequence to wrong choices. And there's a consequence to good ones. You always harvest what you plant. Are you going to heaven? Yes. You make bad choices down here, you're going to suffer. All right, look at verse 10. Put on your new nature. Listen, it says now. You have the new nature of God as you believe, right? Then it says, and be renewed. See it? First, you have to have the right mindset, your new nature, who I am in Christ, right? That gives you the ability to be open-minded in the spirit and be renewed. And how do I get renewed? As I learn to know your creator. First, you have to learn about it, to know him. You have to understand how he operates. And that's from Genesis to Revelations, okay? First, you have to understand him. Then it says, learn to know your creator. You get to know him through reading his word. And then you get to understand it. And then what? What's the next verse? What's the, what does it say after that? And become like him. What church doesn't, why are they not teaching that? You're to leave here to become like Jesus. That's the goal. You're to be renewed to become like him. And that's what we do here. That's all we do. Put on the new nature. Now look what it says. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters. And guess what? He lives in all of us. Wherever you go, Jesus goes. That's a really, that's why you develop a healthy fear of God. If you're going to do something that's not good, just remember, Jesus, you're taking Jesus with you there. And that can give you a healthy fear of not doing it. Say, oh boy, I don't want to take Jesus there. <laughs> Wait a minute. I want to leave Jesus home and I want to go out. No, the Bible says you stay home and let Jesus walk in your flesh. See, there's a difference. See, when you want to do your thing, Jesus has to stay home. But when you want to do his thing, you have to stay home. Get it? But you have to make that choice. He never takes it away. Now look what it says. Since God chose you, <laughs> remember Jesus said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. He chose you to open your eyes. And he chose you knowing that you can do his will. Or else he wouldn't have opened your eyes. Now look what it says. You must clothe yourself with what? Tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. What? You have to clothe yourself with that? Yeah. You have to put all that on every day. Because if you don't put that on, it's the other stuff that comes. Remember? Bitterness, anger, rage. Unkind speech and slander. Well, that's what's called. If you don't replace it, that's what comes. So, let's just keep reading. Make allowances for each other's faults. How's that one? Do you? And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you. See, you know why he says remember? Because remember back in Peter, he says... You're still living in your sins because you forgot that I took away all your sins. You forgot. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. You remember, Jesus saved you from all your sins. You no longer have to commit them anymore. And if you do it, you forgot that he cleansed you from them. Mm -hmm. Look, here it says. The Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with what? Love. Love. 
which binds us all together in perfect harmony. See it? 1 Corinthians 13. And let the peace that comes from Christ, what is it? Rule in your hearts. Listen to that. Let it rule in your hearts, that peace. Now look what it says. As members of one body, you are called to live in peace. See it? And the next one is, before the last sentence, always be thankful. If you're always thankful, you'll never be bitter. They can't work together. When you're bitter, you forgot what God told you to do. To clothe yourself with all these other things. You actually put the wrong clothes on when you do that. <laughs> you got the wrong wardrobe. And when you're acting all that out, you took the wrong, you got the wrong robe, um, wardrobe. And I'm sure other you's got more, more different kind of clothes, right? Put the right ones on. <laughs> Tender-hearted mercy, kindness, forgiveness. When you walk through them doors, have an attitude of gratitude and be thankful that you're alive and that you can hear God's word. Because from the Old Testament to the New, it was 400 years of silence. They didn't hear from God. You get to hear from them all the time. Be thankful for that and grateful. Just that alone. Just imagine not being able to get any of this for 400 years. Imagine how, what a degenerate you'll become when you start to do things your way instead of God's. And that's what's happening to this country now. They don't want this. Whatever's right in their own sight they're doing. The moral principles are getting destroyed. What do you think is happening? They're not living by the Bible. Which the country was, this, was, this country was formed by this. If you notice, there's a church on every corner. That's why. The principles of the Bible are what governed this nation at one time. And it was flourishing. And it can flourish again. So pray that it does. Pray for revival. The earnest prayers of a righteous person has a lot of power. So if you want your prayers to get answered, live the way God wants you to live. Because if you're not, he's not going to answer them. You're going to be in the way. They're going to, you're going to hinder them. Any amen? amen? All right, let's go to Philemon now. How are those some tough scriptures to swallow? I'm reading them. I'm saying, oh, Lord, you sure? Can I? <laughs> some people might have had a rough day. says, so that's okay. <laughs> you can tell it like it is. Because you love them. If you read the Old Testament, he loved his people, and he told them like it was. He says, if you do this, this is going to happen. You will certainly be destroyed. And they did it, and they got destroyed. He says, if you do this, you'll be blessed. They did it, and they got blessed. Ooh, that's rocket science, right? The Bible's really hard. No, it's very simple. Obey me. That's it. Obey me. That simple, right? <laughs> if we only didn't have to, you know, when we go get to heaven, we'll always obey him because we don't have no sin nature. You know, it's going to be awesome. Whatever he says, yeah, all right. Huh? And then when he's not around, it's still, yeah, all right. Because huh? he's always around. Trust me, he's always around. You can't get rid of him. Guess what? All the choices and decisions you make during the course of a day, you could try to run away, but you're stuck with you at the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> you got that right. So the Holy Spirit is the ultimate convictor. You're stuck with you at the end of the day. And you know what people do? They go and do something to get rid of that, that, that conviction. That's why people reach for things of the world, to get rid of the guilt and the shame and the condemnation. Instead of saying, I blew it, Lord. I wasn't following you. I chose to do things my way, Lord. Can you help me? Amen. Just admit it. He'll help you. Amen. Instead of trying to hide it. Yes. And people's been covering it up ever since. Yep. Where's the fig leaves? Hey. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, right? <laughs> All right, last week we got into Philemon. We ended up getting to chapter 14. But I'm just going to just go over it a little bit. I mean, verse 14. There's only one, there's only one chapter. Sorry. I need some grace time. I'm tired. No longer the weather, too, but God give me the strength. Okay. All right. So just let me just, just expand on it, and we'll get to verse 14, okay? Paul wrote this letter from Rome in about A.D. 60 when he was under house arrest, okay? Onesimus was a domestic slave who belonged to Philemon, okay? A wealthy man and a member of the church in Colossae. Onesimus had stolen from him and ran away from Philemon and had made his way to Rome where he met Paul, okay, who apparently led him to Christ, from what it's telling us. Paul convinced Onesimus that running from his problems wouldn't solve them. Good principle, right? And he persuaded Onesimus to return to his master. Paul wrote this letter to Philemon to ask him to be reconciled <clears throat> to his runaway slave. The early churches, remember, not often would meet in people's homes. We, we talked about that because they didn't have the ability to build them. Okay? And um, they, they were great, the, the, because of sporadic persecutions, okay, and great expense involved, church buildings were typically not constructed at this time. Okay? So let's just go to verse... He's going to talk to, he's talking to Philemon now about letting go, accepting Onesimus back. He says, I appeal to you to show kindness to my child Onesimus. I became his father in the faith while here in prison. Just imagine, Paul was still leading people to Christ. Listen now, while he was in jail. You really think he might have could have got bitter towards God, saying, "God, I follow you, learning you, letting you run my life, and you put me in prison, and then you want me to bring people to you? Didn't you think he had the, the opportunity to reject it? No, he didn't. How about you? When you get through stressful and in, in circumstances that you're not happy with, do you still want to bring people to Christ? That's a question. That's how you know if you're mature or not. Doesn't matter what you're going through." You're still called on a mission. Amen. It goes way beyond this. That's what he says. Look. I became his father in the faith while here in prison. Onesimus hasn't been of much use to you in the past. But now he is very useful to both of us. I am sending him back to you. And with him comes my own heart. What do you mean my own heart? They both had the same heart now. They both had the heart of God. They accepted Christ. See it? With my own heart. It says, I wanted to keep him here while I was while I am in these chains for preaching the good news. He knew he was in chains because he was serving Jesus. You realize when you serve Jesus, you're gonna go through some persecution. And most believers, when they start getting persecuted, don't say nothing anymore. Because I don't want to upset people so they become passive Paul wasn't good thing Paul wasn't like that huh yeah. there wouldn't be 13 epistles penned in yeah, if, he fought, if he went by his emotions because yeah, you know a lot of people think that God's a genie and he's going to get me out of all these problems and do all these things for me if I come to him mm. no he's going to free you from going to hell that's what he's going to do mm-hmm. and let me tell you something when you follow him he keeps you from living there his principles will keep you from living in hell down here. Amen. Although the transformation is not very, not very uh, easily understood in the beginning because we think God's taken away things from us. Amen. But he's actually taken away, think, away things from us that have no value, that are not helpful to us, that are only hurt and I walk with him. Mm-hmm. And once you understand that, you say, well, now I know why he got rid of that for me. It was hindering me from growing. See, once you see the other side of it, you understand why he took it away. 
Okay. Now look what it says. <clears throat> I'm in these chains for preaching the good news, and he would have helped me on your behalf. Look at verse 14. But I didn't want to do anything without your consent. See how he was? I wanted you to help because you were willing, not because you were forced. That's the big principle in the church. Whenever you decide to serve God, you serve Him because you want to, not by force. Even when it comes to giving, we're not about forcing people to give here. Because you value what God is teaching you and giving you by what you can give back to Him. That shows you how much you value your spiritual life. If it means a lot to you, then you don't mind giving. If it means everything to you, but if it doesn't mean that much to you, then you'll give very little. It says that in the Bible. And that's in your heart. I ain't got nothing to do with me. Give whatever you want. Because this church is going to keep going no matter what. Because God will keep it open. People may fail, but God will never fail. He will provide. Amen? And He has so far. I'll tell you, he's going to take us the rest of the way too. He's going to give us something even better if we're faithful to him. Amen. That's a good amen. <laughs> <laughs> now look what it says. It seems, verse 15, it seems you lost Onesimus for a while so that you could have him back forever. What do you mean forever? Well, he's not only going to be with him here, he's going to be with him in heaven too. Forever. He's got eternal life. He is no longer like a slave to you. He is more than a slave, for he is a beloved brother, especially to me. Amen. Now he will mean much more to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, he's talking, talking with him now, welcome him as you would welcome me. Now look what he says in verse 18. Paul. This is the heart of a brother who loves another brother. Look what he said. And if he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. Amen. Remember the Samaritan? Mm -hmm. Help the guy get up. The Pharisees were going to church. Mm. No, we've got to go to the synagogue. We can't help you. Yeah. Yeah. The Samaritan picked him up, took him to the hotel to fix him up. He said, well, if he has to stay extra... I'll come back and pay you more again. Yeah. Take care of him. That's the heart of Jesus. Yes. Now look what it says. This is great. Look what Paul says. He throws a little sanctified sarcasm here. <laughs> I like this. He says, I write this with my own hand. I will repay it. And I won't mention that you owe me your very soul. He says, I'm the one who got you to Christ. You owe me. That was a, a little flesh tone in there. <laughs> Paul was human. And they do not admit humanness from the Bible. Mm -hmm. Then you know that was the flesh. Mm -hmm. See it? You owe me your soul, he's saying. <laughs> I like Paul. Every so often he had to, you know, get one in there. <laughs> But he got one in there with love. He said, not, not to mention, he didn't lie. He said, you owe me a soul. I got you to Christ. You were lost. I got you found. Amen? Let's just finish this book out. We've got a couple of minutes. Just stay with me, all right? Yes, my brother, please do me this favor for the Lord's sake. Give me this encouragement in Christ. I am confident as I write this letter that you will do what I ask and even more. One more thing. Listen to this one. Please prepare a guest room for me, for I'm hoping that God will answer your prayers and let me return to you soon. See, they were praying for Paul's release. Yes. Mm -hmm. Paul knew it. Look what he said. I'm hoping that God will answer your prayers. He wasn't demanding it. He was hoping it. Mm -hmm. Just like you should hope that God answers your prayers. Don't put demands on them, but hope. <clears throat> I hope that it's lined up with his will. Now look what it says. Paul's final greetings. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. So do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke. Luke, right? Mark. They wrote the, they wrote the Gospels, Mark and Luke, both of them. 
was walking with Paul. My co-workers, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Just imagine God's grace with your spirit. I'm just talking about wherever you go, the spirit of God's grace is with you. It's like, oh, God's grace. He gives me so much grace. And then he wants you to emanate that grace into other people's lives. Amen. When somebody's hurting or somebody wrongs you, to forgive them. Say, you know what? They just had a weak moment like I might have someday, and I'm hoping that I'll treat, they'll treat me like I treat them. Amen. Do unto others you would have them do unto me. That's the whole principle of the Bible itself, to come to that point of forgiveness. And that's what this says, you know what I mean? I think um, Onesimus means of use. That's what it means. Every, every name in the Bible means something. You know that, right? Yeah. That's what Onesimus means, of use. Before he wasn't any use to him. Now he's of use after you got saved. Before you got saved, you were of no use to God. Now you have use. God has a use for you. The, pro, the, the question is, do you want God to use you? There's conditions attached to God using you. You have to yield to his will and accept his way of the way he's going to do it. Once you do that, boy, you, you, let me tell you something. Once you get to the other side of that struggle, you say, well, I don't know why I didn't tap out a long time ago. I know. It's so much easier to live his way. Forgiving one another. Listen, when you wake up in the morning and forget anything that happened yesterday, you don't know how free, you're so free. Mm -hmm. you, you don't have to remember that. Holy amnesia. He gives us a fresh start every day. Do you give people a fresh start every day? Do you give yourself one? If you fail today, just say, you know what? Tomorrow I get another chance. Yeah. He just forgave me of all that again. Yeah. Time to move on. Don't let the past hold you back. Forget about it. Learn from it and move on. Yeah. Amen? Amen? So we got through Philemon, right? Amen to that, right? Yeah. Good book. Listen, you should read it again and again and again and again. Just, if you have any bitterness in your heart to anybody, ask God to help you remove it. Say, God, I can't remove it. Just be honest with him. Say, God, I can't remove it. Please do it. Take the bitterness out of my heart and fill it with your love. And he will. Amen? All right, we're going to close there. Thank you. Brittany, Deb, and Jasmine are going to come up and sing. We're going to stand in worship and close.